and amen. We will rise with him. We have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ in me. And if I have been crucified with him, surely I will be resurrected with him. That's the good news of Jesus Christ. Happy Easter. Ah, It's good to be together in the Lord and to celebrate this wonderful day in which we remember that Christ rose again. That he offers life to each and every one of us who would call upon his name and believe in him. I want to share a story with you about Vincent Van Gogh. Many of you are familiar with him and you art students have studied him well. He was a man who was not only an incredible artist, but he was a man who was full of passion. He actually had a passion for God. As a young man, he began his journey to go into ministry, into the Dutch Reformed Church. And as he began his journey, he wasn't very well received. And so he struggled with God, and he struggled with those in the church, and he seemed to throw away all that he knew about the love of God that he had had a passion for. And he began to enter into a lifestyle of incredible just destruction and a life that was full of depression. And he struggled most of his life with mental illness. Yet even in the middle of the madness, even in the middle of the gray, Van Gogh began to embrace truth again. And he began to have glimmers of hope in his life again. And as an artist, he gave that hope color. And that color was yellow. And if you know his work, you'll see yellow in many of his paintings. The best kept secret of Van Gogh's life is that as his life progressed and as he began to see and to hope in God again, you'll see the gradual increase in the color of yellow in his paintings. Yellow for him evoked hope and the warmth of God's love that was being poured out upon him. Many of you are familiar with his famous painting, Starry Night. This was painted in his most depressed period. And yet, even here in Starry Night, there is the stars that just beam forth the colors of yellow. For Vincent at the time, again, the church which is in this picture stands dark. For him, it wasn't where he received hope and the message of life. But in this time, he still saw God's creation. And for him, that was the awesome God. And he gave that yellow. And as he continued his journey of life, yellow again became more prominent. And by the time he painted the painting, The Raising of Lazarus, It is bathed in yellow. And the thing that's wonderful about this painting is that Van Gogh himself painted his face on Lazarus. 
Van Gogh at this time seemed to have a longing for God and a hope in the resurrection. And so painted his face in this raising of Lazarus. He kept holding on, even again in the middle of the craziness. And I would imagine that while painting this painting for Van Gogh, it was a beautiful day. Hope in the resurrection. This incredibly creative, tormented artist engaged and connected with the creator, the true artist. And yellow tells the whole story. That life can begin all over again because of the truth of God's love and the receiving of that into our lives. That we can paint our lives with a fresh new canvas, hope of new beginning, all because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. What would your painting look like today? Have you ever thought how that canvas would look of your life? Can you imagine the painting of the disciples as they walked with Jesus Christ? Three years they got to have life with Him. And they journeyed with Him and And I would imagine this painting full of dramatic brushstrokes, blue that spread all over the canvas as they were out on the Sea of Galilee, as they learned to trust Jesus in the storms, blue as they remember Jesus calling him to himself and saying, I will make you fishers of men. And then they walked together on the Mount of Olives and Jesus would give them parables and stories of life and they would grab a hold of the green of the fig trees and they would come and touch the the vine of the grape leaves where Jesus would say, I am the vine. Remain in me and I in you and you will bear much fruit. Green painted all over this beautiful canvas of life with Jesus Christ. And then as thousands followed and Jesus said, sit in this green pasture. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Life that was given hope. Life that was given meaning. Life from the one who can give life, Jesus Christ. And they kept walking in hope and all of a sudden the canvas got sprayed with red. As Jesus was beaten, as a thorn was crushed into his brow, as he was nailed upon the cross, and as his crimson poured out for our sin, and then a bucket of black, it is finished. Angry black, evil black. And he died. But then, in the middle of the dark, in the middle of the black, a glimmer of yellow pierced through. Not only yellow, but brilliant light broke through the black 
And all of a sudden, before the disciples and all who were witnesses, it was radiant light and it was a new canvas and it was white because Jesus Christ was no longer on the cross. He was risen from the dead. He had paid the price for our sin and he rose again. And now a new canvas of life that can be painted all over again. Life in Jesus Christ. And the disciples were overwhelmed with joy as they ran. And, and, and the angel said, don't come here. He's not here. He's no longer here. He's risen. And they began to encounter Jesus. And had only but a little bit of time with Jesus before they walked again to the Mount of Olives. And they're like, Lord, when will you establish your kingdom? He says, not for you to know the time or the day when the Father will set up the kingdom. But he says this in Acts chapter 1. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and even to the remotest part of the earth. And after he said these things, he was lifted up while they were looking on, and a cloud received him out of their sight. What does the painting look like now for the disciples? Can you imagine the questions? What do we do now? How are we supposed to live? We've heard the teachings of Jesus and he speaks of the Holy Spirit. But what was that going to look like? When will the Holy Spirit come and how? And our Lord, our friend, our Savior, is taken up, and he's gone. I imagine the painting now covered with gray, a time of depression, a time of confusion, nothing but gray. But you know what? God, in the middle of the gray, in the middle of our desperation, in the middle of our loneliness, in the middle of our fear, in the middle of depression, in the middle of confusion about how life will work out, in the middle of days that just seem so empty. It is often in the gray that the Lord does his best work in our lives. That yellow starts to break through that God's love is poured out. And we seem to be receptive in the middle of the gray of what God is doing, and His best work, I think, is accomplished there. And the painting of the disciples at this time is gray. You know, I grew up in a little town called Half Moon Bay, California, right on the coast, San Francisco Bay Area coast. And pretty much every day when I would wake up in the morning... There would be nothing but this heavy, damp, gray fog. Gray upon gray. It doesn't get more gray, especially in the summer. You would sit and you would go, Lord, ah. And then usually, about one o'clock, 
there would be a little break in the clouds and the sun would pierce through and it would warm our souls and our spirits. Even when we thought we had been abandoned to the gray, God would burst forth through with his wonderful creation of sun into our lives. That's what happened when the Holy Spirit came. In Acts chapter 2, in the celebration of Pentecost, God broke through the clouds of gray and he poured himself out in the promised Holy Spirit that Jesus had gone, but the Holy Spirit had come and now was to be offered to all who would believe in the Son, Jesus, that he was the Savior, that he was life. And as they poured out, and as they believed, they would receive the Spirit. And it, it came upon the disciples in, in the manifestation of fire that was full of yellow and of wind that swept through. And Peter and the apostles, as they were filled with the Spirit, they could not help but let others know what was going on. Just like Van Gogh did in his paintings. Do you know he painted over 900 paintings in a nine-year period? Do you ever wonder what his message was? I think we began to see it was a lot of yellow. God's warmth and his truth poured out. And he could stop painting the truth of what was happening in his life. And so it was with Peter and the apostles as they let others know and Peter now, filled with the Holy Spirit, stands up in Jerusalem as, as thousands upon thousands are gathered and he, and he speaks forth the truth of God's love and what took place. And I want you to hear now Peter painting this new canvas full of yellow. And you, dear brothers and sisters in Israel and in Boise, Idaho, you, with the help of wicked men, you and I, put him to death by nailing him on the cross. But here's what I want you to know today. But God raised him from the dead, and he freed him from the agony of death, because it was impossible for death to keep a hold on Jesus. And David even said this about him. I saw the Lord always before me because he's at my right hand and I will not be shaken. And therefore, David says, my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices and my body will live in hope because you will not abandon me to the grave, nor will you let your Holy One see decay. You have made known to me, O God, the paths of life and you fill me with joy in your presence King David said that, Peter says. King David knew of the hope of the Messiah. And Peter cannot shut up about it. And he goes on, he says, Seeing what was ahead, David spoke of the resurrection of Christ, that he was not abandoned to the grave, nor did his body see decay. You see, God raised this Jesus that you knew. He raised him to life, and we are all witnesses of that fact. And he is exalted to the right hand of God. And he has received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit. And it has been poured out. And that 
is what you see and you hear now, dear people, Peter expresses. And so therefore, let all the people in Boise, Idaho, be assured of this, that God has made this Jesus, whom we crucified, both Lord and Christ, both God, Yahweh, I am, and Christ, Messiah, Savior, Anointed One. He is both. He is one and the same. That is who our God is. And as the people listened to that, they were pierced to the heart. You see, our Jesus was pierced so that you could be pierced by His love. And the people couldn't help but say to Peter, well, what shall we do? And Peter says, now is the time to repent. Turn away from how you have lived. Turn away from the life of living in yourself. Turn away from your sin. And now be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Because the Lord Jesus will give you life and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And this promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, all whom God calls unto himself. Because he is risen indeed. That is our Lord Jesus Christ. That is the work he is doing. And Peter has to keep painting yellow to let people know. I don't want you to live in the gray because God brings out life in the middle of the gray. He says, King David seemed to know about this. He knew about the coming resurrection. The Spirit ministered that to him. He knew that the line of King David, the line of the Savior would come out of King David. Can you imagine the painting of King David? I would imagine it would start out brown, maybe beige. He's out in the desert. He's a sheep herder. He's the least in his family. He's kind of a nobody. And then all of a sudden, the prophet Saul shows up. And God has said, go to this family of Jesse and you will anoint a king out of this family. And he goes to all the brothers. And even Saul's going, this guy looks pretty good. And David says, king, or God says to, to Samuel, no, no, no. There must be one more. And so David comes out of the brown. And as he shows up, God speaks to Samuel. And he says, Samuel, rise up and anoint this one. He shall be king over Israel. The painting starts to change, doesn't it? All of a sudden, yellow is getting painted all over this boring, dull, lifeless beige. Yellow is filling David's life, and he's going out in the power of the Spirit. And now he goes before the great Goliath, and he slays him, and he has victory over Goliath. And he goes on to have many more victories, and this painting is full of yellow and the life of God. Trusting and resting and letting God empower his life. And then songs are being sung about King David. Saul kills his thousands, but David kills his tens of thousands. And his power and his prestige build. And then all of a sudden, in one day, that whole painting changes Buckets of gray are thrown upon. In the fit of jealousy of King Saul, 
Now he pursues David and his life. And David is now a man who has lost all of his power. He loses his wife. He loses all of his reputation. He is on the run. He is a criminal now. His painting has changed. And you can imagine King David, like you and I, going, Lord, I know your promises. And yet the film that I'm running through my mind about how I am supposed to become king, I did not envision this. You promised that I was the anointed king. And yet now I am a criminal on the run. Do you ever wonder what God is doing sometimes in light of his promises to our lives to have hope and life? And now David is hiding out in a cave of Adullam, a criminal. And it says in the scriptures that, that, that men and women, all who are broken and desolate and outcasts and other criminals, they find David and the king in the cave. And they're all the ones that nobody wants to be with. And they make him their leader. But even they end up turning on David. And they want to take his life. Can you imagine his painting? It's of himself sitting in a dark, gray, damp cave, crying out to God. Do you feel like you're there? Did I ever tell you that God does some of his very best work in our lives, in the very middle of the gray? And he starts to bring forth life into us. And that's what happened with King David. In the middle of that cave, a ray of sunshine broke through. In the middle of what seemed to be helpless and empty and broken, God broke through. And he cried out in Psalm 57 out of the cave of Adullam, Have mercy on me, O God. Have mercy on me. For in you my soul takes refuge. Yellow. I will take refuge in the shadow of your wings until this disaster has passed. And I cry out to God most high, to God who fulfills his purposes for me. Yellow. He sends from heaven and he saves me. For great is your love, reaching to the heavens, O God, your faithfulness reaches to the sky. You see, because God sends his love, his spirit poured out into King's life, in the middle of the gray, on that day that David penned this psalm, I believe it was a beautiful day. Because David learned to rest and to trust and to have hope in a God who loves him to the core and to have hope that one day there would be Messiah, life and resurrection. And David recognized it. And Peter says, I want you to understand from the beginning there has been the promised Messiah. And this is what we speak of today that he has come and that he brings life to all who would believe. And so they were living now in the power of the Spirit. 
And it's 3 o'clock in the afternoon, the time of prayer, Acts chapter 3. And they begin and they go to the temple, which they would do even after Jesus left, to go and give praise and prayer. 3 o'clock in the afternoon, when Jesus breathed his very last and said it was finished. But again, now going to the temple in the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. And along the way, they find one sitting at the beautiful gate. And it says this, Now it was the ninth hour, and a man who had been lame from his mother's womb was being carried along, and he was being set down every day at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, in order to beg for alms for all those entering the temple. And when he saw Peter and John about to go into the temple, he began to ask them for alms. Can you imagine the painting of the beggar at the beautiful gate? Every day, he was crippled from birth. Every day, carried out and set at the beautiful gate, the entrance into the temple, never going in, but set just outside, begging for alms. I would imagine that painting was full of gray, with maybe just a dash of silver and gold for those occasionally who would respond. Most just passed by. Who cared about this man? But Peter says in verse 4, Look at us! Look at us! We want you to know that there is one who has power to heal you. We are not just going to pass you by. Jesus did that, didn't he? He didn't just touch somebody and take off. He had them know who he was. That this power comes from God Almighty. This power comes from the Savior of the world. He is the only one who can give life. He is the only one who can heal. So Peter says in the power of Christ, Look at us! Silver and gold have I none. But what I do have, I give you. And so the man gave his attention, expecting to get something from them. And Peter said to them in in him, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I want you to walk. And taking him by the right hand, he helped him up. And this man's feet and ankles became strong. And that canvas that was full of gray became yellow. And he jumped to his feet and he began to walk. And this is what he does. Then he went with them into the temple courts. He had always been just outside. And he went with them now into the temple courts, into the presence of God, walking and jumping and praising God. Do you want to know why? Because Jesus is risen. And he is risen indeed. That is who our Christ is. He is the one who helps the lame man to walk again. And he is the one who changes our life from the inside out to all who call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. As the prophet Joel declares, they shall be saved. What happened to that man at the beautiful gate? Was it just a a physical healing like we see on TV sometimes? 
It was so much more. It was so much more. I want to tell you the story of a young, broken beggar. Her name is Demi Lee Brennan. Just 15 years old. Beautiful child. And she was carried to just the beautiful gate, her hospital bed. Broken. A liver that did not work. In need of a transplant. About ready to die. But the day came when all of a sudden her painting was about to change. And they found a liver for Demi Lee. And they they did the operation and the day came. And as she awoke out of this, this operation, there were many in the hospital room and they were amazed. And they looked at her in astonishment. She didn't quite understand what was going on. Demi Lee not only had a successful transplant, but she had changed. This had never happened before. This just happened last year. Listen to this. Her blood type was O negative. Her blood type changed completely to O positive. Never in the history of transplants had this happened anywhere. And now she was O positive. And oh, it was a positive day. You see, what happened is she took on the immune system of that donor. The blood cells, the stem cells invaded her body from that new liver. And now that blood that had brought forth death was now new blood that brought forth life. And she was thriving and living and restored with a whole new body, changed from within, O negative, to O positive. That's what happened to the beggar at Beautiful Gate. And Demi Lee cried out, just like the one at Beautiful Gate, I have a new day. I have a second chance at life. As she was able to rise up from that bed, this beggar no longer had life in silver and gold, and he didn't put his faith in silver and gold. But the Scriptures say this, You killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead. And we are witnesses of this. By faith in the name of Jesus Christ, this man whom you see and know was made strong. And it is in Jesus' name alone and the faith that comes through him that has given this man complete healing to him, as you all can see and testify to. And so therefore repent and turn to God so that your sins would be wiped out and that times of refreshing would come from the Lord. He no longer had faith in the silver and the gold and his way of life and trying to make it happen, but he put his faith in the author of life, the only one who can bring forth life. For all who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And on that day, with a heart that was expectant, the beggar at Beautiful Gate, for him, it became a beautiful day. The crippled beggar received new life. He received a new blood type because of the blood that was shed by Jesus to cover our sin. You know what? Each and every one of us comes to the Lord broken, 
and crippled and in need. And we are beggars in need of a transplant, in need of a Savior. And we often feel like we've been placed just outside the temple courts at the beautiful gate. We feel like we're in the gray. We feel like we haven't received from him. And we long to be able to walk and to jump into his arms and into his presence. And my question for you this morning is, what's keeping you out? What is keeping you out? Because God is inviting you in this very day into his presence. If you're in the gray, if you're feeling like there's no glimmer of hope, if you feel like you're outside of his presence this morning, look at him. Because he is offering you his life into you. He is offering you his promises. He is speaking into your heart that you are his child, even in the middle of the gray. Look at him and receive expectant. Maybe you have been at this gate beautiful all of your life and you've never received the love of Jesus Christ. And you've been longing and the Spirit has been speaking to your heart. This morning, our loving Lord Jesus Christ is inviting you into relationship with him. That is what Easter is all about. For us to contemplate this death of Jesus Christ and this resurrection and what he says is, is that life comes through him and him alone. And that he wants to restore you out of a broken death into a new blood of life. And so I want to invite you this morning to receive Jesus Christ, to receive him, to restore you, and to receive him as your Lord and Savior. And if you want to walk through that beautiful gate into the temple courts, into the presence of Christ, would you pray with me? Lord, you know my situation, and you know that I am broken, and you know that I'm tired. You know that I'm in need of hope, Lord Jesus. And I need you. Jesus, forgive me for putting you on the cross. It is my nails that pierced your hands. It is my sin that put you there. And Jesus, through your spirit, I believe. I believe that you died for me and took my sin, Lord Jesus. And Lord, I believe that you rose again and that you offer me salvation and life. And so, Jesus, I receive your gift of life this morning. I receive your grace. I receive your love. And I invite you to be Lord of my life. I surrender to you, Jesus. Would you come into my heart today? Thank you, dear Jesus, for forgiving me. Thank you for coming into my life. Thank you for taking over my immune system and my stem cells and all of my being. Thank you for your spirit. And Father, thank you for your son. Your son that broke through the gray of my life. I love you, Lord Jesus.
Amen.